Once again, Ludwig, thank you for joining me. It's always lovely to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always interesting to speak to you. Likewise. I thought today we could um, talk on the subject of using discernment to try and sort truth from lies and also using common sense, which does seem to have uh, gone missing in many people. Well, that sounds like a very good idea. Let's see if we can put some common sense together. If, if, if it is two brains instead of only one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that actually is a very good point. And I think that's an important thing to do, to be bouncing the ideas and thoughts of people around you that also think so that you can better triangulate your position, your view and their view, to see if you can work out more of the picture of what's happening. Yeah, that's um, it is a great advantage if you have some people around you who actually are able to think properly and use their capacities for your own reflections, of course, because one person alone can always make mistakes and, uh, and then, yeah, logical mistakes and things like that. Sure. Yeah, and and also you have. Um... You tend to bump in quite easily, I find, to confirmation bias, where you're then looking to prove what you're thinking instead of observing what's actually happening. Yeah, sure. Then, of course, if you have a bunch of people around you who are very, you can easily intimidate, they will always confirm, yes, yes, <laughs> and you won't get anywhere because they will only confirm you. <laughs> No, and that, that's, a, that's a good point, too. I, I've been very fortunate. I like to uh, try and seek out people that think for themselves that will will argue in, in the positive way that they're looking to, you know, make their point so that you can examine it and say, well, actually, I hadn't considered that. As you only, in, in many ways, you only have to be truthful about when there's certain things that I explain and you say, yes, but I don't understand. Just keep asking questions. Don't pretend you understand something <laughs> that you don't. <laughs> and then I'll keep asking the questions until you understand. And then you're in the picture. Yeah. Absolutely. And also that serves to, you know, the, the the man or woman you're asking the questions of, it serves them as well, because you will have them div, dig deeper into the idea to make sure that it's not flawed. Sure, yeah. Because whatever is uh, thought out properly, whenever logic is applied properly, questions will only get to, to clarity. And I think one of, the, one of the challenges we're facing right now is that Logic and reasoning seem to have taken a back seat to ideology where you can't question the ideology anymore. And I think that's a very dangerous thing we're witnessing right now. That's a very dangerous thing because, which is in many ways, the people who have, uh, who have put forth their agenda and, and, and just progressed their agenda over, over centuries and decades, they have come to a point where it's very difficult for them to hide the truth, the true intentions. And that's why they're, they're being more and more cracks in what they put out to us as truth or as the things we should believe or whatever is politically correct. And it's become more and more obvious what they are up to. And that's basically also a, a chance for common sense. On the other hand, the less that chance is used, is being made use of, the more absurd things become that people still believe certain things. And you wonder, oh my God, how can you how can you show them what what kind of nonsense they believe in? I would agree with that. And I think one of the 
the the things people yeah it wouldn't be i wouldn't think the audience that we have but certainly people to be aware of is when you're being gaslighted so that you, your senses your sight your hears what you're observing is telling you one thing and then the media is feeding you a different story and then don't buy into it you don't have to buy into it ask questions of it and pick it apart don't just accept it that's what we should keep doing yes yeah, but we're not trained to do that. We're, we're, we're trained you mustn't question. You know, they, they put the guys in the white suits, or not the white suits, the white kind of coats on the doctors and stuff, and you have to believe them. No, you don't. They're just men and women. They could be flawed. They could be programmed. You, you can pick it apart, and you should pick it apart. You shouldn't listen to Ludwig and I without picking it apart. That's the whole point. Yeah. And so all they do is we ask some experts, and the experts said this and this. We said, oh, yeah, experts said it. And, and, but of course, it's it's working less and less. It's more people. It's more and more looked through that only because they say that some experts said that this and this. It doesn't mean that there's anything to it. But yeah, I, I think there there is a danger because how do you know the experts even qualified? You know, how do you know they know what they're doing? How do you know they haven't? And this is one of the things I think with education is a problem is the education is a mind control system anyway. It's not designed to give you an inquiring mind and to expand you that way. They, they shoehorn you into a smaller and smaller and smaller alleyway. And in the end, you're no longer capable of thought. You just, you just rattle off what you've been told and you no longer examine anything because you've been taught there's no point looking at it. It's already been looked at. Yes, there's nothing new under the sun for them. There's nothing to explore, nothing exciting about this life, nothing, uh, for, nothing for free thinkers. And of course, also this this way by by brainwashing us, as they do through the education system, they make us think in a certain way, which we can never, we, which we must never stray from. And this, and by using only this narrow path of of the possibilities of our thinking, then we can easily be outperformed by machines. Because the, what sets us apart from from machines is is really the the spark in our thinking, which can go here and there and takes different uh, perspectives and so on, which machines can't do so easily. But in this way, we are, we are even made believe, well, look, you're only second class as human beings. Machines are so much better. That's part of the agenda also. And there's so, so many aspects to it. Well, there are. I mean, this, this is the whole thing. It, it's a very very well thought out and multi-layered thing that you you just peel apart and you take apart and that's like i said to someone the other day you know just when i think i've climbed out of one box and i think right i'm here i look around and i realize all i've done is climbed out into the inside of an even larger box but it's still a box i need to find a way out of yes it's it's a very good picture and uh i often uh, i sometimes explain to people if you have certain circles you have one circle and a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one which is all representing prisons you are in, you, you climb out of one. Yeah, you climb out of the prison of mainstream media, and, and then you think you found out that Trump and Putin are going to save us and don't realize that's the next prison you're in, and eventually get out of that again. And then, and then you still have to think, where's the next prison wall? <laughs> yeah, that's why I say to people all the time, stay inquisitive, try English, stay inquisitive and question everything. Yes, you know, and and never lose that spark. Never, never lose that childlike curiosity. Not childish, but childlike, where you you really want to figure out. Yeah, children will keep asking questions if they do not understand. But, Daddy, I don't understand why. Yeah, always we must always do that. Yeah, 
And and yeah, that's what the education system beats out of you. It's what I go to school all the time was, would you stop asking questions? And my response <laughs> was no. asking stupid questions? Yeah. <laughs> stupid question is a question that the, that the teacher doesn't have an answer to. Exactly. Or that he doesn't have an answer to that is politically correct enough to be told. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was all the time because I would say, no, I, I, that doesn't make sense. I don't get it. So explain it the way I get it, please. Which led to frequent visits to the headmaster's office. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine you doing that. <laughs> but luckily, I never stopped asking questions. And I do think for people, that is, it, it, if, if there was one skill I would not want to be without, it is the ability to figure out powerful questions. Not, not simple questions, but really think deeply about questions so that you reveal more things to yourself. Asking the right question is uh, is fifty percent of everything. Oh yeah, at least you have to ask the right question. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone said to me, well, "How do you know what to ask?" And I, well, I'd say, "Ask a question. What's the right question to ask right now?" And then things start to come because you're connected to this field of information, and you have to interface with it, and then it'll reveal things to you. If if you keep keep that sense of openness, the questions will come to you. Yes, they, they, they will come naturally. Yeah, and then grab a book and write them down. If you haven't already been trained to not ask and to not think and to already internalize that you shouldn't ask, you shouldn't think, and you shouldn't you shouldn't question certain things. It is very dangerous to question certain things, so you don't do it. Yeah. Then you have already lost. <laughs> well, that 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 to me is what the whole education system seems to be about. To me, it's about stopping you thinking and stopping you asking questions and, and if i could do one thing with anyone it's to say look just just start thinking and asking questions and work stuff out for yourself because then everything you know it, it's been my experience ludwig that very few things very few processes very few people very few ideas can go more than five questions before they reveal their true nature to you if you keep asking yeah but why this but why this well, what does that mean why this you don't get you don't ask that too often before all of a sudden it goes poop, and you can see exactly what's going on yeah. I mean, how many questions would you ask to know what the pandemic was all about or or what, uh, you know, all these things are happening? Yeah. Yeah, it's not many. Uh, no, it's, it's very, very clear. Yeah. Why do people get more sick when they are being vaccinated? Mm, um, um, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's a tough question, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it the only people sick in the office I went in the other day were all vaccinated and all the people that weren't vaccinated were all healthy? I wonder why that is. Yeah, why is that? Uh, but scientists don't know. They're puzzled, right? When everything is bent towards financial interests, that is when the truth is destroyed. And that is basically also the main, the main cause behind everything. And then... The main question we should ask is how do we get independent from this monetary system, from this monetary dependence that we were all steered into? Because if they go to the point of abolishing cash and we are still totally dependent on their on their new digital thing, then we're going to be in some dire straits. It's going to be, I've been thinking a lot about that and I can't really see a way of effectively operating with any kind of certainty in a situation like that. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. 
True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. At this point, I think we are just being lucky that it is still technologically too difficult for them to abolish cash. They they are still they are still dependent on keeping it with us, and uh, that's some luck. But we have to use the remaining time to 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 find some solutions. Yeah, and and, and um, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we will. You know, it relies on people doing it. Of course. I mean, we are the creators. It all does, and it all does uh, rely on people really understanding the necessity, the nece- first the necessity, and then the possibility, and then think about systems that could work, and then you just have to get enough people together to agree on a system. And and and, and you don't need millions of people. It's enough if you have some, yeah, some ten thousands people, which is still a lot of people. <laughs> to, I mean, to really create an economy that provides for everybody, which is what we need, right? But I mean, in uh, in, in Austria, it was done in in Virgil. You know that story, no? No. In 1932, uh, for 13 months, they had um, the the mayor of Virgil, Unterguckenberger was his name. Yeah, I think. And it all goes back to the discoveries of uh, Silvio Gazelle. I don't know if you've heard that name. No. Which he was basically, he, he was the, he developed the, the concept of um, interest-free flowing money. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. And they, um, Virgil, that was a community in, uh, as a town in uh, Tyrol, in Austria. And it was in 1932 that the mayor proposed to the community to introduce their own money, which they called work. It was a kind of work receipt thing, which they used as money. And you had to pay a very small fee every month for using this type of money. And uh, they circulated that. I mean, when, when you have money itself with a, with a monthly fee on it, that is what creates interest-free flowing money. Because when you have uh, such money it, it, um, that costs you every month, it becomes interesting to lend it away interest-free. Because then the people who borrow the money, they will have to pay the tax, not you. Mm-hmm. So that's what creates this element of being interest-free. And, and the term flowing is that Whoever holds such money in his hand has no interest of hoarding it, mm-hmm. piling it up, because then you have to pay all the tax every month. So you you kind of try to use it uh, quickly to either invest or spend it wisely so that such money, it stays, uh, it keeps flowing fast through the economy and everybody taking a loan gets it interest-free. Mm-hmm. 
And in this way, they um, they were they managed to fund several community projects. Like I think they built a bridge, some community house, and a couple of other projects within only thirteen months. Wow! And the the unemployment rate, which was terribly high throughout Austria at the time, went down very went very much down. And um, in hindsight, they found that this uh, local money they had themselves created had been circulating uh, eight times faster than the Austrian, the official Austrian shilling. Wow. Eight times faster. Because if you imagine you have in your, in, you buy something and you have in your pocket the normal money, that's uh, if you, if you, uh, transfer that to, to Britain. So you have some pounds in, in your pocket and you have some notes which will cost you eventually a small small fee and you pay something and you can choose. You will always use, if you have that money with a fee on it, you will, use, will always use that because then you escape the fee. So it is, it does change hands much more, much more quickly. Mm-hmm. This is something that, so is, I mean, this was not the only time historically in the, in the Middle Ages we had such a system throughout Europe. They were only called differently. We had the Bracteats in, in Germany, which was very um, cheap, thin coins, which were uh, given by the, uh, well, by the monarch of the area. And like after two or three years, they called them all back and said, so they, they, the old ones have no more value, and you bring them back, and you will get nine new coins for ten old ones. And the tenth coin is the tax that I'm imposing. So that had the same effect that people knew. If you hoard these coins, eventually, if the taxation comes, you will lose 10% of it, so you don't hoard them. And you lend them away interest-free, because... If there is a taxation in between and you get your, you ask your money back later, you get the full amount back, less the tax that someone else had to pay. So the same same effect. And, there, and that was a period of known prosperity where people had um, evenly distributed wealth, where, where normal people like craftsmen and farmers were just as, as wealthy as, as people from aristocracy. It was the same kind of wealth everywhere, because there were no, there was no redistribution, which all goes along with the with interest payments. And uh, so, if we in, if we create our own system, our own monetary system, it has to be a just system, which which means it has to be interest free flowing. The main problem at this point would be if, for instance, in Germany, if we tried this. The government would come and say, "No, you're not allowed to do this. You have to stop this." So it would need the service of a number of lawyers to to protect and defend such a system. Uh, but eventually, I see that as the only chance that we, or the, the best chance we have, to really come free from from a from their money and and free from any government services. They make us dependent on the money, and they make us dependent on the government and. Both dependencies we have to get free from, and that can only be a communal effort at, at the base where people really join forces to set up their own system and run it. Which is 
what technically a government is supposed to do, but they're so far from doing that. <laughs> the government, the so-called government, is a, is a tool by the super rich. I mean, they they are enemies in them. That's one of the things that is so easy to see, that our government is our enemy. I mean, it's the same everywhere. No matter where you go, you, you see governments that are the enemy of their own people. And what they're trying to do, what they've started trying to do with the pandemic and, and ever since and with the Ukraine war, and what they're going to try further is to destroy the SMEs globally, the small and, and medium enterprises. Well, they're the biggest resistance to government. That's all they don't control. They control the government, they control the big corporations, and the SMEs is their enemies. We are, the, we are their declared enemies. And the government is not there for justice. It's, it's there to kill us. <laughs> yeah, and that's, it, that's so easy to find out if you, I mean, if you ask questions about what they are doing, and then eventually you will find out, if, if your mind is open enough to see that, you will find out, well, the government is, uh, is an enemy of their people. Yeah, definitely. It's been interesting watching the um, this smart city thing, particularly. I don't know if you've noticed what they're doing in Oxford mm, right now. Or yeah, they've announced that um, behind closed doors, as they always do, that they will be trialing a smart city in 2024, and they will divide the city into I think it was six zones, which sounds a lot like the Hunger Games to me. Uh -huh. And you will not be allowed to drive your car more than 100 times to another zone during the course of the year. <laughs> this is all to protect the climate and this is where it gets really interesting because you can't drive it's between the zones the climate. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. but here's the thing Ludwig you can drive outside the city around the ring road and back in that's acceptable and then someone apparently asked the question well of course all the electric cars will be exempt and their immediate response was no <laughs> so that should give the game away to some people as well I think <laughs> Yes, why, why, why they suddenly only want electric cars? No? Why do we only want electrical cars? Because that's what they can completely control. They can basically do what they want. If you can drive yourself back to your house, you can drive yourself to the police station and open the doors and let you out. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Oh, no. they, you, enter, you enter an address where you want to go, and, and the car checks with the internet. Uh -huh. Well, this is a very dangerous person you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> I can't let you go there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to do some content about the whole smart city thing just to expose a couple of things more because I see there is, oh, that's good. there's a lot of content out. It seems to be serious, yeah? It, it, it sounds so laughable, but it's, it is serious. Well, here's the thing as well. The, the, the guy on the council is on record as saying, and it doesn't matter whether you want this or not, it's going to happen. Wow, yeah, that's good to tell the public. Your voice doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh -huh. Your vote doesn't matter. We will do this anyway. Yeah, which is why I say to people, look, if you hear statements like that, it should give you a clue that you are not the master. You are the servant, yeah. and the person that you think is the servant is serving another master, and you might want to have a look who that might be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the one of the German politicians here. Some years back, he was he was challenged, saying, "Well, don't you have the power to change this?" And then somehow he said, uh, "The people who have who hold the power have not been elected, and the people who have been elected have no power." Exactly. And that was his answer. <laughs> yeah. Which leads you back up to uh, individuals like Klaus Schwab. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, a video. I have a video clip of him saying, 
The most charming man never smiling. <laughs> he's, he's a strange. Let me see if I can find you this video clip. He was saying that he was talking about the the people in his um, young leaders program. So people like um, Tony Blair, Angela Merkel, Vladimir Putin, yeah, Vladimir Putin, yeah, all of them, Trudeau. But he also said he was very pleased with. Uh, I'm sure the word he used. He said because we have successfully infiltrated the cabinets as well, and he was really proud of that. And I was like, well, that should say something to a few people as well. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, it's so strange that even when such people say that, they people don't, don't want to believe it. Because I'll also put stuff in there about the Chinese social credit system as well. Mm. All these nice things they have planned for us. Yeah. How lovely these yeah, people really. are. Absolutely. Yeah. They definitely have your best interests at heart. <laughs> of course. Let me just see if it's this one. They always have your best interest at heart. Only they want your best interest for them and not for you. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let, me just, let me see if I can share this screen with you one second to see if it works. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But... Um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brez of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was a at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world economic forum and that's true in argentina too wow yeah sorry that's true in argentina as well it's true in argentina and uh, it's true in france now mm -hmm. i mean with the president with a young global leader but what is important for me ah yeah do that do that i don't know if you are in any danger of being uh, censored really me <laughs> <laughs> or by someone i don't know are you are you on on youtube i, I didn't check. yeah yeah i've had 165 videos now have been taken off youtube either by me or by the censors uh okay that particular video i'm going to put up is like one i did on health the other day that will be not on youtube i'll just say look if you want to watch it this is where you go for it i'm on there because i have a reasonable audience on there's about thirty-five thousand now i think even with the censorship on it so it's a good way to point people to where the information sits. That's good. And then you had some other quotes, what people said. You could also include, if you have them, as the, the short yeah. video clips. Yeah, I, I have that. And to show, to show our audience, although I think our audience knows anyway. Yeah. We, we can't say anything new for them. <laughs> well, may, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> but I think one of the things that happens is when you hear a discussion, you think, well, that's an interesting way of putting that to someone else. It's like the social credit system where... Yeah, they don't seem to think it's coming here, but you point stuff out like the thing I showed you a while back about the the universal basic income being trialed in Wales two years ago. You know, that w whatever people think, as much as they think it's not going to come here, it's already here. It's just not been implemented here yet. They have prepared everything, yeah. They surely want to do this. Of course they do. It's, it's just, it's back to you said, it destroys the middle classes, which is what the lockdowns were all about, because that's put so much pressure on the middle classes and those businesses. 
Yeah. Yeah. So many of them went uh, bankrupt. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't continue. No, I mean, luckily, a few of them were smart enough to take themselves completely into private and become private members' clubs, so they could sidestep all the regulation that way. Because all the all the all the official regulation applied to the public. Well, if you're no longer operating in the public, then they can't really touch you. They can say they can, and they can make all the noise and send the bully boys around in the you know the big scary outfits with the guns and everything. But they can't really persuade you to do anything you don't want to do because they don't have jurisdiction. That's that's a topic we can touch. That's something that you can explain to me at some point more, where where we escape this this judicial bullying system. Yeah. Yeah, I've been putting up quite a lot of content in the last two weeks on that. I was very fortunate that um, a man called Peter left a comment on one of the videos and I asked him a question and his answer was very revealing. And I said, would you mind if I made some content with that? And it's been extraordinary because he's produced a whole load of stuff. And that's a bit challenging because he's English, even though he's a native speaker, because he has problems with his hearing. Sometimes his grammar is difficult. So I, I generally have to read through it and then just make little tweaks and touches to it. But I've produced some interesting content. Let me see if I can find some titles to read to you, which might give you some ideas. Just give me a second, Ludwig. Well, you could still send me links later on. Yeah, I will do, yeah. Of, of, of this. this is very interesting content you touch. Let's see. Uh, well, number one is, as man or woman, you are not a person. When would you stop being nice and start to argue? Because nice, actually, when you look at the definition of nice, it means stupid. Has anyone found a way to remove the, reclaim the living status officially? We talked about contracts. We live in the land of Oz with the color of law. It is a fantasy world of legalese. Mm -hmm. Don't talk to the police. What's in a word? We talked about proper... Don't answer questions that, that will yes. only be used against you. Exactly, yeah. We talk, we... If they tell you everything you say can be used against you, why should you say anything? You shouldn't. You shouldn't say a word. <laughs> yeah, and there's actually, there was a, one of the, um, there was a lawyer talking for one of the um, law schools in America, and he was explaining why you shouldn't do that. So I included that. And also then a policeman was there explaining why you shouldn't answer questions either. Yeah. So that, that was interesting. And then we talked about um, property. Then one of the questions was, do you know why they want you in court and not at court? And then I did one yesterday about common law. And we were talking about who is it common to? And who's it law to? And that was going into the fact that the, the elites have a deeper knowledge of language, particularly classical Latin, because vulgar Latin, which he was suggesting English has become or comes from or is becoming, that is what common law is. And it simply doesn't apply. You need to understand the classical Latin, which all of the the, the real powers understand and use it. So it's, it's been some interesting stuff. They're, they're anywhere from sort of five minutes to 15 minutes long, but I'll send you all the links to have a listen to. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, there's lots of ways we can we can defend ourselves if we know uh, if we if we know these these distinctions. I uh, I was in touch with a, a German lawyer um, who just she's won huge court cases just by the distinction between uh, human being and 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 person and the, yeah. the legal person. Well, yeah, I mean, human beings are a problem, Ludwig, because you, a human is a problem as well, because man is what you are, but human, you, is color. Okay, what, what's the problem about you? Well, now this is, a, this is a question with the English versus German. 
No, I, I don't think so, because hue is a word we use as well, but hue, H-U-E, yeah. is defined as colour. So hue man is a colour of man, just like legalese is the colour of law. Ah. So I would never define myself as a hue man. I would always define myself as man. It's more specific and it's more accurate. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. So man, yeah. In German, it's mensch, so it's man anyway. Um, but if you look at all the all the laws, the so-called laws, which are just acts and statutes, and acts and statutes only apply to people within a society, which is why they say you're in a society. And I would always ask, well, which society am I in? And can you show me where I pay my dues and where I signed up to be a member of said society? Because I didn't do that at wedding, so can you prove that? Yeah. So that that's one of the questions. The other thing is that if you look at the definition of their laws, they all talk about they apply to persons. When you look up the exactly. definition, yeah, when you look up a definition of person, a person is a corporation. It's a fictional character, which is what they do when they create the birth certificate, and that gives you your name in all caps letters, and that is your person. It's your corporate fiction. It's not you, but they then attach that to you by asking you, "What is your name?" Well, made up things have names. Men and women have calling. You're called Ludwig. I'm called Adrian. So it's it's learning yes. those differentiations, and they ask you for a date of birth. Well, you weren't a ship. You weren't birthed. You were born. That there's a whole bunch of little <laughs> tiny things that if you start to become aware of them, yeah. it starts to help you piece the puzzle together. Then you can start to work on what the what the people in the court, what their job is, what they're accessing. So it, it's those kind of things. But yeah, if if the other thing is that in in a in a in the I forget the name of it in Latin, but it basically means if you include something, it specifically excludes everything else. So when they talk about a law applying to persons, because they haven't mentioned man or woman, they are specifically excluded from that. Exactly. And then this distinction, I mean, this this lawyer, she's won huge cases only with this distinction. That was all, that's all she uses, really. But she kind of, she never makes a mistake. <laughs> she knows, okay, they keep provoking you, provoking you, provoking you. But if you don't make a mistake, there's nothing they can do. Um yeah, it's it's basically the the person is is a legal creation, and it is by law property of the state or, or of the government. How you yeah of the state. It is yeah. If you are being stopped and uh, you provide your passport and they and and you're being asked, is that you? And if you say yes, that's the moment you have lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've created joinder to that. How can you be a photograph? Because this thing is property of the state. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you claim this to be you, you are taking away property of the state from them. Yeah. And claim it for yourself, and that's that's uh, it's an illegal thing to do. You can't legally use a legal name. Uh, it's basically uh, you. The, the proper answer would be this is a, a legal document which is property of the state and the state asked me to please keep this with me and because i'm being asked to do this i keep it with me but this is not me this is property of the state right <laughs> and uh, and she says it's like the, the 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 government all the time they behave like you're going to a petrol station augusta you say petrol station petrol, right? yeah. yeah and you put in some fuel into the car and then you go to the to the cashier and tell him well please get the money from the car because the car has taken the fuel you have to get the money from them and that's what the government is doing as they tell you you must do this and this and this and the price is this and this and you have to pay for this and of course regarding the person they are talking to you 
they have created. Mm -hmm. They can command you whatever they want. But being the principal of this, they have to pay for it, not you. They can put fuel into the car, but they can't ask the car to pay for it. But that's what they keep doing all the time. Yeah. Yep. And we do what they want. Yeah. Because we don't understand. That's right, yeah. Well, no, that, that's the problem. We do understand. We agree to stand under their jurisdiction instead of overstanding them. We're, we're trapped and tricked by the language all the time. Yeah, maybe we understand even if we are being tricked, but still we say, oh. No, no I'll tell you, I, did, I didn't mean that. It, it's to do with the way the word's actually formed. You're using the word understanding as comprehension. Yeah, the definition. Them. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Their definition means that we agree to stand under their jurisdiction. That's what understand means. That's why they say to you, do you understand? Do you understand? Yes, do you stand under me? Ah, do you understand me? Do you stand under me? That's right. That's yeah, what it's that's for. That, that's their use of the English language. Whereas we, because we don't ask the question for clarification, we make an assumption that they mean, do we comprehend? Because we don't want to look stupid. And that's how we trip ourselves up. I always say, no, I overstand you. You have no jurisdiction here. One of the questions you can ask me is, you do know you're dealing with a man, right? And as soon as they say, yeah, they're dead, they can't do anything because they have no jurisdiction. They only have jurisdiction over persons. And this is why how the language has become corrupted and how legalese sounds like English, but it's a different language altogether. So looking at the legal books, it's like when they send you a summons. A summons, if you look at it, you think you have to attend. And I see people get all upset and wound up. But a summons, when you read the definition in the old law books, is an invitation to a business meeting invitation and you don't have to follow invitations yeah that's right yeah and then if you read up what the word must it says you must attend well if you look up must it's a synonym for may you may attend in in legal terms it's a synonym okay i put all the old um black's law dictionaries about seven versions of them pdfs on my website for people to have a look at if they want okay so that they can start to become more knowledgeable on how stuff works okay it's all in front of us we just have to uncover it it's a very interesting game the other thing is that when you get summoned, isn't summoning something you do to the dead? You summon the dead. You, you summon the spirits, right? The, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't. You just don't summon life things. So if you if you turn up, if you turn, because oh, they're always dealing with dead people, and if you tell them, well, look, I am a living, I'm, I'm a living man. Yeah. Then. Well, here's one of the other challenges I think you, you can face. It's very difficult because you can't tell the truth. The truth has to come out of the mouths of witnesses. So I would ask a question. Do you have any evidence to suggest that I am not a living man? Because if you make a statement or if you say something, you, you, you know, then there's no witnesses to it. You're not telling anything because facts are only agreed by witnesses. Okay. So you, you learn to ask questions. And I would always ask questions. Do you, you ask a question? Do you have anything to suggest that I'm not a living man? Yeah. And then they can go... Yeah. Hmm. I can't really. <laughs> yeah, it's, what's, it's tricky, yeah. But the first thing is you should never have turned up to court in the first place because if you turned up to court, you've already agreed that you've, you've come because of the summons. They have the, power to, they have the power to, to, to call you and then you, that you must attend. Yeah. Well, they, they're summoning the, the person. They want the person in court. They don't want the man in court. The last time I got called to court, they wouldn't let me in the courtroom. You should, you should send them the passport because that's what they summoned. Uh, on on the date, or, or send someone. Uh, Were you summoned? Isn't this person here? Here he is. <laughs> you can ask that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, I've had that before when I got stopped for speeding, and I said, "Well, I'd like to speak to the camera because the camera witnessed it. I'd like to speak to the camera, please." They couldn't bring the camera forth. How can they? <laughs> 
and you got away with it? Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. I get asked to help people a lot with it. And I'd just rather say, look, go and go and work this through. It has to come from you. It has to come from inside you. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you you learn, but it's when you know who you are and what you are and what the system is and how the game works, you can play differently. That's the other thing. You know, we go to court to play a game. You go to a tennis court or a squash court to play a game. So when you're turning up in a courtroom, it's to it's to go there and watch the play actors play. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, if you're present as a man, why do you need to be represented? Which means because a present is a gift you give to someone. So now the, the guy in the court is going to represent you. He's going to give you as a gift to the judge to do with what the judge wants. A man doesn't need to be represented. He's a grown man. Why would he want someone else with no firsthand experience of the subject at hand have him, have him there talking for him? Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of things like that. I think I'll, I'll send you the stuff. I think you'll enjoy it. It's an interesting thing yeah, to wrap your head around. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, is there anything else you'd like to cover? Because I'm going to have to go in a few minutes anyway. Ah, okay. Well, we have now uh, come to this this legal stuff, which is always interesting to talk, yeah, yeah. talk about, because there's so much power in handling this properly, yeah, and so much freedom, and so much relief, and so much <laughs> because it is it, it's one of the things to become aware that we are just being played dirty dirty tricks with, and yeah, look look through these dirty tricks. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, things like, you know, don't give a statement because things give statements. That's why they say you need to come and give a statement, right? I would only ever give an affidavit, which is my truth as a man. Okay. And it can only be rebutted point for point by an affidavit from another man or woman. A thing can't respond. Someone acting as judge, barrister, solicitor, policeman, whatever, they can't respond. Mm -hmm. Only another man or woman can respond which is why you can put an affidavit in 72 hours before the court date. You've got 72 hours for it to be rebutted. If it's not rebutted, then it's just an administrative process at that point. There's nothing to judge because there's no control. You've gone through all this. Yeah. You've gone through this in yeah. at court? Yeah. Wow. They wouldn't let me in the courtroom. When you know in here, in your heart, who you are and what you're connected to, then all of this becomes, you know, it becomes easier. I'm not saying it's going to work every time because they're so good at tricking people and tripping people up. That's what they do all the time, and they keep provoking you to. And, and when you make one mistake, they kind of have you. That's right. That's, yeah. that's the problem. Inside, it's always these human weaknesses that make us act or react to something. So, like, we feel guilty somewhere. We justify ourselves, and already we we are in it. That's right. They have us. So you must not feel guilty or you feel like you have no, not much value. Then you try to do something to prove your value and already they have you. The, the moment you react to something, to a weakness within yourself, they have you, they get, they get you. Yeah, you should be proactive, not reactive. And they're, they're going to try to provoke that, that, yeah. that reaction from you. Yeah. yeah. Because well, they make <laughs> That's, my next talk is going to be about that. It need, you need to be proactive, not reactive. And one of the easy things to do, Ludwig, is to go along to a public court and sit there for a couple of days and listen to stuff being, listen to how the process works, what they do, and start looking for the process and the tricks, and you'll see them. Mm-hmm. And it also means if you ever find yourself in a position where you inadvertently do end up there, you're much more comfortable because you know what the process is going to be instead of being like a rabbit caught in the headlights with the big eyes and then you get run over by the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, that's what I did. I spent a lot of time sat in the courtrooms watching it, thinking, what a shit show is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this, I it's, all, else. it's all also it's all sea law also, isn't it? Maritime, yeah. 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 yeah, maritime law. Yeah, yeah and, and here's the thing, you know, it, if 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 you have pirates in the ocean, why would you be tricked? They said, "Come on, come in here. We've got all this stuff for you. Get in the boat with us." No, you're a pirate. I'm good on the land, thank you. So I'll stay on the land. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 were created of the land. Whatever nutrients your mother took in to create you, it's from the land. You are made from the land, and when you die, your body goes back to being the land. So why on earth would you want to be lord? But you know, take the law of the sea. Mm-hmm. You're a land critter. <laughs> Anyway, Ludwig, it's been a pleasure as always. I've enjoyed this, and I hope we can do it again sometime soon. Sure. Sure. Sometimes soon, yes. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'll um, Probably in January, actually, because there's a few things I've got to get done coming up to Christmas now. Sure. Um, I will get all this edited up, and then, as usual, I'll send you across all the links and everything so you can publish them if you want. Very good. Take care of yourself. Always a pleasure. You too. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.